The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Get ready to pump your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio on the world's most popular power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are. The Oprah of the airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and her sidekick daughter, Heather Brittany, deliver lessons of success spanning the generations of the globe in their information-packed Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew. In other segments, Cynthia interviews real-life trailblazers, authors, and experts with the courage and vision who show you how to build a road to fulfillment through their unique books and services. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll be informed and entertained. For your free lifestyle empowerment coaching session right here on the airwaves, turn up the volume, relax, sit back, and get ready to be inspired. Because Star Style, Be the Star You Are, starts right now. live our dreams. Well, hello, everyone. You are our party partners here on Star Style. Be the star you are. This is the Power Hour, and we are the mother-daughter dynamic duo, the goddess gals. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we are so happy to be with you every week to help you pump your energy and get loving, learning, laughing, and living your dreams. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Star Style Productions, coaching you to be the star of your own life. For a personal consultation, call 925-377-7827. This is by Ralph Waldo Emerson. Good luck is another name for tenacity of purpose, which uh, for all of you that just means Never give up. Keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going until you're just sick of keeping going. Well, in today's show, Heather and I are going to start it off by a segment about Mercury. We call it Mercury Rising, uh, which we're wondering what are the symptoms of Mercury poisoning and what can you do to avoid it. And then in the rest of our hour, we are returning with author Gail Rogers and two more of her enlightened books, Gladys with a C, which continues the story of the star-crossed lovers chronicled in Nicola's woman. And the second book, My Name Was Mary, the romantic love story between wealthy uh, Mary Todd and the poor Abraham Lincoln, who became president of the United States. So I think it'll be very interesting. And then we'll also talk to you about the upcoming uh, essay contest, pair festival, and a few other things that are happening. So stay with us for the full hour. So mercury poisoning, it is contained in some of the fish that we eat, whether it's caught in uh, lakes or streams or bought in grocery stores. Uh, it, what is mercury? It's a natural occurring element that's found in the air, the water, the soil, and it exists in several forms. But what's going on with mercury poisoning and why are consumer products containing more mercury and how can we reduce our exposure to mercury? Heather and I really have a keen interest in this. And while we were uh, enjoying some sushi and then watched 
a movie, um, The Cove, we realized, gee, we better look into this a little more. So, Heather, take it away with some of the stuff that you have found out. Yeah, definitely. So I was never really even aware that this was even an issue. I'd heard before how you talk about with when women are pregnant of the do's and don'ts to eat, and they always recommend not to eat very much raw fish due to mercury. Um, but never really thought about it until we watched this movie, The Cove. And you probably hear me reference this, this uh, documentary so many times um, regarding so many different issues. Uh, but So I, I recommend that just on a side note, everyone, please, please see this film. It's incredibly powerful. Um, but one thing it did bring up was mercury poisoning, this discussion of mercury of in the fish and how, you know, how it truly is an, an issue. Um, and as you just said, a disease, uh, it, it's caused by exposure to mercury and, and its compounds. And mercury comes in so many various forms and uh, can be ingested and taken in in various forms as well. And just, you know, beginning symptoms. Um, Before think- you say symptoms, Heather, I just wanted to add something here about mercury so our listeners understand that it is an element that's in the Earth's crust. And it is something that we humans, we cannot create it and we can't destroy it. So, so we with, really have to, you know, we have to realize that when we're talking about the mercury and, poisoning. And what, you know, and that's, I mean, to bring on in just in so many levels, mercury is found in air, water, seafood, drinking. I mean, there's elemental mercury, organic mercury, inorganic mercury. Um, it comes in, is in so many different forms. It could be... Um, it could be in the food you eat. It could be in lotions. It can even be in vaccines. And that was, you know, a big controversy when I was studying, you know, looking into this, trying to find out all these, all these different things um, about mercury. Because what was brought in this movie was in this particular area in Japan, all these children were being born with these horrific birth defects, you know, no arms, no legs, um, basically, you know, almost these children that were more like creature looking. And it was horrific for these people in this town that uh, almost an epidemic, all of the children were being born like this. Uh, and at first they were just thinking it was something regarding to this one particular area. Um, but then as years went by and studying, they were discovering uh, that the fish these people were eating um, were the water due to the Industrial Revolution. The water was so polluted um, that these fish were so polluted with this mercury. Thus, the women were eating it. Men were ingesting it too, and they've actually shown that men with the mercury points were having, um, you know, low sperm counts, and things were being traced into their sperm as well. Um, and so these women were passing it on to these fe- to the fetuses and giving it such a hostile environment, um, which is horrifying to see this. And and something you know a big controversy um, you've probably seen in, in recent years is how parents feel about vaccines for their children and why is it that when a baby is born we're giving children so many vaccines and so soon, and a big controversy. Um, was that there was a preservative, uh, a mercury-based preservative uh, called thimerosal um, that's been put in vaccines um, since the 1930s. And in recent studies, they were shined, you know, they were, what's believed there hasn't been the, the full, full, uh, 
full discussion out. Um, but as of now, it's kind of being hi- hypothesized as causing autistic behaviors in children. Um, now, this isn't to say... And there not- hasn't been... I mean, that's not comprehensive research. No, no. Not, and that's, and sure that's that is, you know, and a big as you thing... Said, it's a hypothesis. It's a theory right it, now. Exactly. It's a and, and I personally am... And, and that's the big thing is right now, there's so much personal, so many things that keep being put out. I personally feel vaccines are good. One of why and why they're given so many and so young is when a child is in that embryonic fluid, they are in a completely sterile environment. From the moment they come into this world, they are up thousands of millions of bacteria and because their immune system is so weak at um, the time of birth that's why children are so susceptible that's why when visiting a child uh, an infant in the hospital you know you have to wash up you have to they want to make you as sterile as possible um, that's why they give them so many vaccines to prevent them to build up an immune system um, so that's why you know with these things the studies it's so it's so out there um, but you know, that's one thing that they're trying to link as of now um, but also we're talking about, you know, the fish, the things we're eating. The, here in the U.S., um, they're trying to have the EPA, which is the Environmental Protection Aid Agency, um, is really trying to make regulations. The, the thing is, just as with so many things out there, is people really aren't aware of this stuff. And, and actually in 2004, um, they made this kind of little campaign called uh, Fish Kids. And it was, you know, trying to uh, create awareness um, with children and young adults um, about the greater impact about uh, mercury exposure, exposure and um, pollution that's in these water. And there actually is the, the EPA, um, the Environmental Protection Agency, actually has so many restrictions and limits as of now, um, I, I could say them often, but it would sound very, very kind of foreign uh, about um, the kind of thing, you know, how, how much things can come in. And something that, you know, we know as regarding fish, that these runoff, these certain things that we could eat that we could be, you know, polluting our, ourselves with. Also, with um, fluorescent lights, um, that's why it's a big thing if you have, you know, worse biodegradable, uh, degradable, or things of kind of disposing of things correctly. You might hear a lot of times uh, on the radio they talk about places where you can turn in, you know, your old computers, your old cell phones, uh, and people kind of find that's a hassle, so they just toss it into the garbage. Well, stuff like that going into landfills soaks into the soil, soaks and into the environment. But before we go to that, I wanted to go back to the fish very quickly. Yes, yes. Because um, when we're talking about the, the EPA and the U.S. Food and Drug uh, Administration, the FDA, of course, something that has also been proven is fish is a beneficial part of the diet. And so both the EPA and the FDA encourage people to continue eating fish. But what the advice is, is to find fish that are lower in the methylmercury. And what happens is mercury in the air eventually settles into the water or the land, and that deposits the micro, uh, microorganisms change into something that's called methylmercury, which is actually a, a highly toxic form that can build up in certain fish or selfish or animals that fish eat. And the, the ones that are dependent on that, it depends on um, where the fish are, what the fish are eating, how long they live, and how high they are in the food chain. So, for example, sardines and all kinds of small fish have minimal uh, amounts of of, um, methylmercury in them, so they are considered really good for you. 
And, and most of the omega-3 fishes, you know, the, the salmons, et cetera, are really good for you. And so we just have to be careful. We have to just look at where the fish are caught. Um, so before, I just didn't want to put on an alarm that we shouldn't be eating fish. Uh, pregnant I, women, no, obviously, I think and nursing mothers need to be a bit more cautious. But for the rest of us, usually it's so minimal in there. There's just an elemental uh, mercury Build up, so we, you know, you just as long as you're not eating fish from waters that are have a high mercury content, you're probably okay. But look into it. Don't take our word for it. Yeah, that's it. Because as I was saying, because in the Japan and I just recalled, it was called Kawasaki disease. Um, the big thing is just with everything, how we talk about organic, how, you know, there is, especially just recently there was this big recall with the eggs going on that it doesn't think all, that eggs aren't bad. It's knowing where is the source of your product. You know, if you're exactly. getting locally, local, yeah, you know, all kinds of stuff like that, knowing where your food comes from is the big thing. And as you're saying, it's because it is such a cycle. Um, because of these runoffs, because of this whole greenhouse effect, that a lot of this mercury um, that was you know, caused from coal mine, the Industrial Revolution, when stuff comes up, it goes into the air, it absorbs into the clouds, the, the clouds rain it back down, it goes into the water, the fish eat that. Eventually, you know, the, the big fish eat the little fish, eat that, is that, and eventually exactly. until it gets to your table. And just what you were saying, you know, getting back to what you were going to with the environmental dumping, there, there is mercury and other harmful uh, chemicals in so many of our technology products from cell phones, you know, to pagers, to computers, to printers, et cetera. So we really do have to be more conscientious about disposal issues. Completely, and that's exactly what I was saying. These things, how you'll hear, um, there'll be certain places where it says, you know, to dispose of this correctly. It's just how it's illegal to pour, you know, oil down the drains because it ends up in the water. It's really in today's society of just with anything, not even regarding mercury poisoning. It's regarding all kinds of things. Everything is environmental. Everything is a butterfly circle effect. Um, if, you know, people that have concerns, you know, regarding the air they're breathing, regarding the water they drink or the food they eat. It, it's all the little things that we do to contribute to either help these things or make it worse and really doing your, your research. I had a recent talk with someone I was talking about uh, getting a Prius and how I thought it was so great these cars are energy effective and environmental. And there was all these really pros to it, but then they brought up something that I, hadn't, I was unaware of is the batteries that's in them, that there hasn't been long enough effect that they feel there's actually a negative environmental effect on um, with these batteries because they haven't figured out how to dispose of them yet. And it's similar to that with these um, LED lights they've recently put up that save energy, but they're also at the same time putting out toxins into the air. Um, so it's so many things of a lot of things there isn't that research yet, but regarding with the mercury, there is so much. And a lot of things, it, it isn't instant. You know, you eat something and, and instantly, a lot of times it's over over um, a time, the kind of exposure. And I was saying with why um, it's so important regarding with uh, pregnant women to really, you know, limit stuff or have just monitoring what they're eating and knowing where it's coming from. Because it's spoken before, how when a child is in that embryonic fluid, of how it's so sterile, everything all your actions outside affect interior-wise. So everything that they'd be eating or drinking or breathing, um, the fetus isn't taking as well. And so that's why all these you know, horrific birth defects. But people, you know... Well, if, we have to. We're actually oh, at the end of our again, Heather. It, it takes a, we have always so many good things to say, 
But, you know, the bottom line is, is that no matter where we live on this planet, we're going to be bombarded with toxins all the time from the air, from the water and the food we eat, and also in the products that we use uh, to clean our houses or make ourselves beautiful, whatever. So the key is to be diligent. The key is to really find the source and to love, uh, love our land and love Mother Nature and really believe that uh, it's up to us. To watch out for our own health. Heather, will you give out the website? Most definitely. We want you to go to be the bethestarur.org, carmonyclutches.com, both of the K, and myspace.com forward slash carmonyclutches, both of the K. And when we come back from break, the author that you all love, Gail Rogers, is returning with us today. We're going to be discussing two more of her enlightened books, Gladys with the Sea which continues the story of the star-crossed lovers from Nicoa's Woman. And my name was Mary, the romantic love story of Mary Todd and Abraham Lincoln. Don't go away. There is so much more to come. I am Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. And this is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be back in just a bit. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Looking for unique, one-of-a-kind gifts for the special woman in your life? The Carmony Collection creates handmade handbags, clutches, candles, and canvases from vintage and recycled fabrics, bangles, and beads. Be eco-friendly and fashionable with prices for all pocketbooks. Visit www.carmonycollection.com. That's Carmony with a K and Collection with a K. Or call 925-785-7827. Be the star. You are light up the flame that burns. Get a positive prescription for living and discover a cure for adversity when you make a difference in the lives of others by donating to Be the Star You Are, a 501c3 top-rated charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth through increased literacy, positive media, and tools for living. www.bethestarur.org. All donations are tax-deductible. www.bethestarur.org. Be the lucky star. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. It's the Power Hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Now, back to the show with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Well, thank you so much for staying with us. It is always so fun to be here on the radio with you, helping you get inspired and empowered and living a better life. Well, I am so happy that uh, Gail Rogers is returning with us today. Her life circles around the fact that creation is centered in love and that there really is sacredness in life, that we all have an inner light burning, which is the message we try to give out here, calling it, we call it, Be the Star You Are. 
We loved her book, Nakoa's Woman, about the Blackfoot Nation and Castle of Dreams that chronicled the agnostic gospels. But today we are talking about two other stunning books, Gladys with a C, and my name was Mary. Gail Rogers is with us. Welcome back, Gail. Well, thank you, Cynthia, little girl. Thank oh, you it is for so having great to have me. You. you just uh, you inspire me. Your books are so inspired, and I never know really where to begin because they all come back to one thought, and it's love. Love is the center of all of your writings, and. I have so many different questions, but today we're going to be talking about Gladys with a C, and my name was Mary. So let's start with, uh, with Gladys, first of all. Your mother is on the cover of this book, a beautiful uh, portrait of your mother. Yes, that's right. That's when the book begins. Uh, that picture was taken when she begins her life in uh, Gladys with a C. So to give, this, all, when you write your books, they are biographical in a way because you base them on truth with a little bit of fiction interlaced. But baseless, this is coming from your psychic connections. Yes, it is. That's, That's what I right. really want to get to. Oh, absolutely. Uh, everyone has it, and I found it when I died when I was seven, that that God, this white light, is always around you. You know, people talk about going into the white light, a tunnel, but the white light is always there, and then when you die, uh, you see it. It's always However, there, and when, what I mean, it here, is, is you, God's love. You talk about this love and your dying in Gladys with the Sea. You also talked about it in Castle of Dreams. Yes. But... What came out, you really wrote much more in-depth in Gladys with the Sea. And the thing about it was is that your mother never let you uh, speak of it because she was afraid that you would be thought crazy. That's right. And uh, Because that was sort of what it was like at the time. Yeah. And, you know, be sent to an insane asylum or whatever. That's the, right. And, and in the Mary Lincoln book, it brings out the fact that Mary Lincoln and Lincoln were both highly psychic, but when a man wanted to get rid of his wife, all he had to do was say she was psychic, and she went to an insane asylum. So I can see where my mother got that. So, and your mother had decided she wanted this perfect life. This is what, part of the changing her, the S to the C. Right. But the reality was your the father, your father yeah, in here, such a good man who has, protected you over and over again. Oh, yes, he's still he's still with me. I can contact my father anytime. Uh, that's true. And, yeah. and but was she had not been by her parents, uh by her mother, by her you know, siblings at all. She had no idea what it was like uh, going to be like to have an intimate relationship in a marriage. And therefore, once she realized what it was, she, she and your father were a bit estranged. Let's talk about that a bit and how it affected you, because you're, in all your books, there are such passionate love between the main characters. Yes. Well, my mother, I, I could never figure out my mother. She was the most marvelous artist in the world. And if you see the movie... Um, with uh, John Wayne and Montgomery Cliff, Red River. She made the uh, the clothes for Montgomery Cliff. She made his jacket 
whenever I see the movie, I think of my mother making the jacket, as she was marvelous. But my mother just wanted to be completely in control, and I don't know what it was that she did not want sexual intimacy. She did not want it. She was really afraid of it, wasn't she? I mean, not I only think afraid, she just thought it was this horrible, dirty action. But, but, you know, in your book, My Name Was Mary, one of the things I loved from the get-go is although Abraham Lincoln never considered himself an attractive man, in fact, he thought he was a very ugly, dangly, you know, terrible right. thing. He never felt worthy of Mary Todd. She thought he was the most incredible creature on earth and the most gorgeous man and they had a very passionate love affair from beginning and it was highly sexual according to her sisters they were passionately in love and there's no one more maligned than mary lincoln they had changed her completely around from what she was and, you know, and I, that, this whole thing about his former or his law partner, that Billy Hendren, he really is the one that spread all these horrible lies right. about her, about the family, about Lincoln himself. And what was this whole thing about him supposedly being in love with this, the, the w- woman who was and really his best friend's fiancé? That was uh, Billy Herndon. Uh, Well, I know that I channeled into Mary Lincoln when I was writing that book because I felt her feelings so strongly. But Billy Hernan was Lincoln's last law partner, and after Lincoln was dead and couldn't defend his wife, he started all these lies about Mary because he and Mary did not like each other. And he claimed to know all about the Lincoln marriage, when he was never once at their supper table, he was never once in their house. Lincoln respected Mary because she wouldn't have him in her house. And so soon as Lincoln dies, Billy Hernan starts this awful lie that Lincoln didn't love his wife. He always in love with Ann Rutledge. Now, there's one... But there's no evidence of this. I mean, Anne was engaged to his best friend, and right. everybody around denied the fact that Lincoln was anything more than a friend with That's Anne. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And even in the prologue of my book, I uh, use Billy Hernan's own words that he said, well, let's put in this Anne Rutledge thing. It'll make, it'll, people will eat it up. Right. It'll make headlines. Oh, and that's it's, what he it's wa- and terrible. He, was, he just from the, he sounded like such a scoundrel. Scoundrel. I mean, he was a drunk. He was. Uh, yes. He he beat his own children. I mean, he was just yes. a very unhappy man, and he was always a- acting like he was superior to Lincoln. Yes. I always wonder, and I'd have to do more research on it, but I'm sure you have already you're in tune with this. Is why Lincoln suffered him at all? Why Lincoln let him? a stay in his law offices. I really uh, think Lincoln felt sorry for him because, because he, he was an alcoholic, heart. and I think Lincoln uh, just put up with him. Uh, Lincoln was very kind-hearted, and Billy couldn't ruin his cases. And, of course, Billy came to Lincoln when he was president and tried to get a government job, and Lincoln didn't give it to him. But this... Um, 
maligning of Mary Lincoln, there's one historian, Ruth Painter Randall, who is recognized by all Lincoln authors as the authority on Lincoln's love affair with Mary Todd, and she strongly, strongly says that Lincoln was never in love with Ann Rutledge at all. Why would Lincoln have an affair with his best friend's fiance? Well, and as you uh, point out so uh, well in the book, is Lincoln was uh, such an honest man. I mean, this, thus the nickname Honest Abe. And yes. the last thing that he would ever, ever do would to be to lie about anything, and and he over and over uh, made it clear not just to Mary Todd but to anyone that would listen because he was very affectionate in public. That right, he was his one and only love. And I right, I fell in love with her when I was very young, and I've never fallen out. And they were holding hands when he was when he shot. Was shot. Now let's talk about that because. This part of the book, uh, it, it was just mesmerizing. We are speaking with Gail Rogers. I love her books. Uh, we're talking about her books today. My name was Mary and Gladys with a C. And right now, this is uh, My Name Was Mary. We're talking about Mary Todd, who became Mary Todd Lincoln and was married to uh, pres- well, our pr- former President Abraham Lincoln. I, what, 23 years, 20-some Plus years, very happy, had engraved on the wedding ring, Love is Eternal. Right. Now, it has been um, theorized, and it, it really appears more than theory, just like the Kennedy assassination, that Lincoln's assassination was planned and was perhaps a conspiracy, yes. and perhaps even that president, the next President Johnson, Vice President Johnson, was involved in it. And it seems that all the circumstances surrounding him going to Ford's Theater that night um, stay with that because Stanton, all, you know, all the guards were not in place. Nothing was in right. place. Grant oh, yes. went away. Oh, yes. um, the, the roads, even after it happened, they were all closed except for one, which is how to know to Stanton get away. closed them all. And he stopped all telegrams. Mary was very suspicious of Stanton, um, although um, I'm sure that John Wilkes Booth had help in the assassination because where did he get all this money when he hadn't acted from a throat tumor? He hadn't been able to act, and suddenly he has all this money to uh, take care of two mistresses. Well, I, and also, didn't he uh, always proclaim that his innocence? You know that uh, you know he was acting as if that he was a patsy as well. That he was put up to it in some well, way. Well, yeah, he he shot uh, Lincoln. There's no doubt about it. Uh, that was his job. That he was right, a but famous he really actor, is, he and they chose the a famous other actor. Involved. Yeah. Now, when you channeled Mary. And because it, it, when you write your books, first of all, you write from a, from the woman's perspective of being right there. So it's as if you, you are there talking about it in the words of the person. That's what right. What came through to you from Mary about this? Well, I wrote in the first person uh, because I wanted to, to show Mary's emotions. Uh, the, I mean, and I do believe 
when I was writing that book that I was channeling Mary Lincoln. Now, when I went back and saw their home in Springfield, and then I went um, to a, a place where they had her gloves, and I almost passed out when the man handed me her gloves. So you felt um, I think, a connection. I think that that I really got into Mary Lincoln, and I think that it's just terrible. It hurt Lincoln so much. The South hated her because she was married to him. The North hated her because she was Southern, and she could do nothing right. And that's why the book opens with that poem that they put nettles on her head. I mean, she couldn't do anything right. And, you know, I, I like the way you, she, you painted her as a very lovely, caring, non-judgmental person and who, who absolutely was devoted to Lincoln. And the thing that made me so sad is how ostracized she was from the Todd family because she was marrying a poor man. That's right. And, uh, you know, of course, he never cared about money one hoot. No, uh, he, you absolutely have in your book not. When you, if you'd visited his offices, not only were they a mess and were they growing things on the ground just from you know him throwing seeds, but he never there was never a receipt book. He never kept track of of the accounts that anybody owed him. Yes, but Lincoln was a successful lawyer. A successful lawyer, but he didn't care about the money. No, he was not no obsession. no that he said that over and over. He said that over and over in different quotes from him. And then after he was killed, no one, none of her sisters came, offered condolences. No oh. one helped her. She became And the Republican How? Party was so terrible to Mary. How no one saw her really? leave the White House. Not one person. I, this is, that was the part I, had, I never knew anything about, this Gail, and I was shocked and saddened that... She couldn't even get out of the White House before people were looting things, and then, That's right. then the government was blaming her for stealing things from the White that, House. Exactly, exactly. Oh, and then what her son Robert did to her. You see, Robert uh, wanted her money, and uh, I, I was kind to Robert. He was really, well, I was looking at Robert from Mary's viewpoint. She loved him, but she never forgave him for what he did when he had her put in an insane asylum. Look, can you go into that more? Because when you, when you write through this, that, that was so tragic. And the terrible. sadness from thinking that your son has done this. Um, yes. Was it, you know, if what? you look at it very carefully, was, was he, he just wanted her money, or was, was he, did he think she really was crazy, or was he? No, he knew that Mary wasn't crazy. Mary was in deep grief. After Willie died, Mary went into deep, deep depression. And then when uh, Lincoln was killed, uh, she went into terrible depression. But she wasn't insane. She was managing her money. And Robert put her away so he could have her money and manage her money. What Robert wanted was her money. And what he did, he had people following her. And then she'd say to him, people are following me. And he'd say, well, that you're crazy. They aren't. But he was hiring people to follow her. He was using her money to drive her insane as much as he could. And then 
he put her away, and she never forgave him for that because she said to him, now everyone's going to believe Billy Hernan. And Billy Hernan's a liar. Exactly. And and Billy, yeah, Billy's the person we were talking about at the top of this this segment here who was uh, the law partner who was a drunk and just wanted to write what would sell. And he hated Mary... Uh, and the family. Well, and right, and he wanted to make money. Right. He wanted to make money putting Mary down, and he was lecturing uh, and lecturing, and uh, and she couldn't answer because no one would believe her. And then once Robert had her committed, that's what she said, now no one's going to believe me. And what, what Robert did... Um, uh, well, Lincoln knew that Robert was different from the other boys. I have a quote from Lincoln uh, writing uh, to his best friend uh, saying that Robert's different. Caddy was loving, Willie was loving, and little Eddie, uh, who died so died. early. But Robert, um, I, just, I just feel with Mary, it was unconscionable of what he did to his mother. It was unconscionable. And it's still, you know, there's a line in there, you say, it's still a mystery to me, this is Mary speaking, of of what he did. Gail, will you hang on and uh, stay with us for at least part of the next segment? I feel we haven't even touched on anything yet, (laughs) and I'm having uh, so much fun talking with you. So uh, if if Gail will stay with us, we'll be back in just a bit after this business fight. I'm Cynthia Bryan. Gail Rogers is our author today with My Name Was Mary and Gladys with a C. As you can tell, we are very enthralled in what we're discussing. We'll be back in just a bit. Hold on. And you hold on, Gail, and we'll come back and we'll talk some more. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Is serious business. It's okay to take your career seriously, but always take yourself lightly. In a survey of over 737 CEOs, 98% said they would rather hire someone with a good sense of humor than someone without one. If you're willing to laugh at yourself and your mistakes, you are better prepared to handle stress in the workplace. Humor builds positive working relationships and improves morale. Norman Cousins, in his book, Anatomy of an Illness, found that laughter enhances respiration, circulation, oxygenates the blood, and suppresses the stress-related hormones in the brain. Laughing with others builds confidence and camaraderie. More corporations are realizing the positive effects of humor and are building it into their culture. Business doesn't have to be boring. Humor makes for better, serious business. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profit. Call 925-377-STAR. 
Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7888. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com You can be the star you are. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel where the world comes to listen and talk. the volume, grab a seat, and get ready to be challenged, inspired, and motivated to greatness. It's power party time on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your hosts, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Well, we're glad you're still with us. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and I am Cynthia Bryan. And before we get back to our esteemed author, Gail Rogers, I just want to remind you that the 7th Annual National Essay Contest of Be the Star You Are is beginning. It is uh, the topic for this year is how do we create more happiness and abundance in our lives through service to others. You can win $100, a guest spot on this radio show, some books and other uh, gifts. It is sponsored by U.S. Bank. Go to bethestarur.org for guidelines or feel free to email info at be the star you are dot org. It's always great to have these essay contests, so we hope that you will join us. Well, Gail Rogers is, is with us, and she is the author of several books. She is highly psychic and is able to channel into the personas that she writes about. She has always felt connected to Abraham Lincoln and Mary Todd Lincoln, and one of her books is called My Name Was Mary, which she writes through the first person, really describing the life of Mary Todd, Abraham Lincoln, and their children. So, uh, Gail, thank you for staying with us. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Yes, well, uh, you know, it's just so enjoyable, this, these books. I, my favorite, favorite, I mean, I went up, once I read Nicoa's Woman, I was just mesmerized by it. And now reading these, it gets more in-depth of not only who you are, but the people you write about. What I was wondering, before you uh, wrote My Name Was Mary, it appears from your other books that you've always felt this connection with Mary Todd and with the Lincolns. Uh, what was the fascination, or do you feel that there, it was possible that you lived during this time? Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, I don't want to admit it because, you know, I always fear like my mother I'll be put away and called crazy. Yeah, but I don't know anymore. But I was connected to Abraham Lincoln uh, when I was very young. And I know that uh, because my father told me. Now, Gladys for the Sea tells my communications with my father and how he was always right and how he saved my life many times after he was dead. And he told me uh, when he was going into my past lives a week after he died, 
he was telling me that I was going to write this book about the Indians and that I would be writing about a past life that I saw. And he told me that I would uh, write these books. And he told me that I had a connection. The reason I've always loved Lincoln from the time I was a little girl was because I was connected to him as a very young person in Lincoln's life. But the thing is that you have for your contest is exactly what Jesus preached. You do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Exactly. This is the real Jesus Christ yes. in your contest that you get happy from doing for others. Yes, uh, thank you. I. You know, I, I agree. I think that we can all have abundance and happiness when we serve others. And that yes. is the paradox of life, isn't it, Gail? The more oh, we serve yes. others, the more oh, we yes. serve ourselves. And yes, you talk because... about that in Castle of Dreams. You give such yes. great definition of that in Castle of Dreams. Well, going to your book, Gladys with a C, there is a, it is the whole story of your mother, your father growing up, what happened to you. And then there is the murder of your sister by the, yes. this crazy, That's crazy all woman. True. And none of you ever liked her. Yet you you didn't she she you didn't have any money. You were poor, and she was helping your sister get to school. But in the end, she ends up poisoning her. She killed her. Killed she her. She killed my sister. She gave her arsenic. Arsenic. She was giving her arsenic, and she ended up in an insane asylum. And I knew in the very beginning, which I bring out in the book, I knew she was a very dangerous woman. I knew she was crazy, and my sister was trying to get away from her, and she killed her before she could. But one thing that I found very um, kind of odd in your book, Gladys with a C, was the fact that your mother, despite your predictions, despite the thought your father didn't like this woman, right. your sister was afraid of her and said it. Your mother kept saying, but she's helping us. She's giving, she's helping right. give money. Your mother never, never allowed to see her evilness. In fact, your mother conspired with her to, to kind of That's spread right. evil thoughts about your father. You know why? Because Kippy was wealthy. Right. And so my mother, mother was more respected in love with money. Wealth. Is that what it was? Oh yes. And then uh, she regretted it so much. She lost the use of her legs after my sister was murdered. My mother couldn't walk for a long time. But my mother conspired against my father. Right. To let Kippy go on. And when my father caught her saying, uh, "Now you give, um, don't you give any of your ice creams, Madeline, to Gail." My father heard that, and he threw her out of the house, and he said, don't you ever come in my house again. But my mother used to go out and sit in Kippy's limousine with her and gossip about my father. No, in Gladys for the Sea, my mother is a very difficult person to understand. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I found her difficult to understand. At moments, I found her charming, and you thought... Well, she just she has so much going for her, but she could she it was like she was a light bulb going on and off. She could be very cruel. Oh yes. Well, the fact that I had to sit in a high chair. Now what? what was and that I had to the... sit there until the twelve o'clock whistle, and she made me drink all this sugary 
chocolate, chocolate with sweet donuts, and I couldn't go to the toilet, and I was in horror of wetting my pants. And then when the clock, 12 o'clock whistle blew, my father would walk home from his garage, and then she'd let me off of the high chair. Well, that's child abuse. Yeah, well, not only was it child abuse, but was she a diabetic? Was she high? What was it? I she got, had an that's addiction probably where I got diabetes. My mother had to have sugar three times a day. Yes, she had so much sugar in her. Oh, she just uh, sugared deep-fried donuts uh, coated in sugar, and my father didn't like the sugar. He liked beer and peanuts and stuff, but she made the sugar. I think she gave my sister and me both diabetes. No, I'm sure because, it, I mean, it's, uh, every, it seemed like her cure for anything was more sugar. And oh, yes. she demanded of your sisters that you drink that sugary chocolate milk, uh, you know, all the time. Um, and your father would protest against this. So now, moving My forward. father was a marvelous person. He looked just like the movie star. I never can remember. George Clooney. He I never like remember George his Clooney. name. He looked exactly like George Clooney. And uh, so the, he, to this day, is saving your life now. You wrote about that you knew, you know or knew, I think I said I, it should be present tense, of what your death would be because you were doing palms and how it would be with a drowning. And there were several times that he saved you, not only from the time skidding off the road, but from, um, and I suppose this is a bit fictionalized because you never want to name who was after you, but yes. people that were wanting to kill you. Well, I was supposed to be murdered. That last part, that's both in, in the Jesus book and Gladys, and Gladys with the Sea. I was supposed to be uh, murdered this particular night, and I have witnesses. Some are still alive uh, that heard me screaming for help from my bathroom when I wasn't in the house. My and father be, drove me out of the house and saved my life. Yeah, and there was uh, the, your bathtub was there was blood in the bathtub. I mean, you weren't even there, and you had the the carpenter come and he was papering the walls and there was right. handprints. That's and, all true. And uh, and the keys were jingling and and so finally it became clear that this was your father attempting to tell you that right that your murder was being planned that. I thought I would be murdered, and that's why I heard the mousetraps going off. And Barbara Fountain uh, is still alive. She witnessed it. Uh, She's Barbara Fountain Quick. And uh, she's in my book, and she told me I could use her name. And Ken McKenzie's still alive, and his um, beautiful late wife, Claire, was the one that went into the kitchen and told me to get out of there because the kitchen was freezing cold. Cold. And and so I have witnesses to all this. So, Gail, have you had more experiences in, in the current time period? Like oh, this, yes. Or is that oh, going yes. to be in your Definitely. next Definitely. Definitely. My son's, my cousin's son is doing a video of the family. And he's uh, doing a video from 1860 to 1940. And he was doing Julia and Covington who's my mother's grandmother, and she came to me very clearly two nights and told me two things he was doing wrong, and she wanted it changed. <laughs> really? And then Bertie, who's her daughter, <clears throat> who died in 1957, uh, came to me 
the next night and told me that she wanted the right names of her husbands. They were all wrong. And so she gave me the right names of her three husbands that I didn't know. And then the third one, Estella, uh, came to me and she said, I'm in the book all wrong. And I said, I want a picture of me. There's a picture of Bertie and why aren't my, why isn't my picture in there? And I said, well, I don't have a picture of you. And she said, you have one in the front room you've forgotten all about. And so I went and found it and sent it to Paul. That's the guy putting the video together. So I'm definitely in touch with anyone who wants to get in touch with me, the so-called dead. And and when this happens, uh, do you have any uh, fear? Do you just... no? Oh no, no. They're very, they're very warm. These aren't enemies. They're very warm, and it's uh, sort of a joyful meeting that I I never met at Julia Ann Covington. I wrote a whole book about her in my computer, and I never met her. But she said she was watching me all the time. I was writing it. And I never met um, Estella, and but I met Bertie when she was an old old lady, and uh, it's no, there's nothing frightening about it to me. Um, They're very positive. Well, and it's history coming alive and getting the facts straight. Right. And it's just like going back to Nicoa's woman again for everyone who just tuned in. We have uh, kept. One of my favorite authors here, Gail Rogers, over uh, because she's is the author of several books we've been discussing, Nicoa's Woman, Gladys with the Sea, My Name Was Mary, and Castle of Dreams. But in Nicoa's Woman, you actually, when you were writing that, this is the book that your dad said that you were doing, you had lived in this Blackfoot nation. I was you, in that village. You were in the village. You, I was Cicapetius, Sundance Woman, my father told me. I was Cicapetius Sundance Woman in the book Nicola's Woman, and that's all true. And I told you before McKay bought it, they sent it to the Blackfoot uh, Museum in Montana, and they said everything in the book was accurate, even the birds and the flowers. Everything. And, everything. Uh, the, uh, and Maria and Nicola, the um, the... The heroes, or you know, the main characters, these came alive to you. I mean, you you witnessed this kind of whole tribal life while you were in that village. Well, actually, Nakoa was patterned after my second husband, who you who you have said was the most dream, fabulous man alive. That beyond yes. perfect, beyond compare, were your exact words. Exact. Exactly, and uh, he was—he's the one that uh, got me to write the Jesus book, and and he was singing the most beautiful uh, songs about Jesus being a carpenter and how he was building everything, and I patterned the uh, the hero of Gladys with the Sea and the hero of Nicola's woman after my second husband. So, was you know, what most... a tribute to him. And then we're running out of time again. But yes. And Maria, in all of your books, you have somebody who's a Mary, a Maria, you know, different yes. names of that. Well, that's just a coincidence. Is that to... just a coincidence, really? Oh, interesting. Well, maybe it isn't. I don't know. I'm not know. So sure. Maybe you'll have to uh, ask your guides about that. Because... Maybe I should. Yeah, I really think so, because every one of your books you have... 
you have a heroine uh, name? Well, the Love's Sake Only, which I want you to do when I can, for Love's Sake Only, takes everyone in Nicholas Woman and puts them with Francis Drake and Elizabeth Tudor. And um, they're really... Marvelous. Well, we're going to come back to that. We're, uh, you let me know. We're going to get you back for that because I'm a big fan of history. I obviously being a history major and really enjoy the way you write here. So let's get people to check out your website. It's SojournerPublishers.com. And yes. the names of the book, my name was Mary, Nicola's Woman, Castle of Dreams, Gladys with the Sea. And, of course, if you go to the website, you can see her other books. But, um, Gail, as always, it is just a pleasure to talk with you. Well, thank you, honey. And I can, I'm going to give lots of books to libraries. I'm going to destroy all my books and go to um, printing on demand. Well, and so you can I'm donate, going to be giving all my books, books away. You can you are, and we'll get them to sent out there, too. So thank you so much for being on the show. Gail Rogers, go to SojournerPublishers.com. I am Cynthia Bryan. You've been listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. We hope that you'll make a donation to the charity. Go to bethestarur.org. Remember, we've got an essay contest coming up. And thank you for joining me. We'll celebrate next week with more fun, more authors. And you just make it the best week ever. Find your star and shine brightly. Thanks for joining me. Ciao for now. Be the star you are. The star you are, be the star you are, you are the star. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.